Welcome to Aging for Beginners with Dr. Doug and Dave. Dr. Doug Wilson is a leading medical researcher who has spent the past 30 years reading every bit of research there is on ageing. He knows a thing or two about getting older, and of course he has a vested interest. He's 82 and he's in his prime. I'm Dave King. I'm a middle-aged man with terrible genes and a fear about what the future holds. Can Doug set me on the right path? Welcome to Aging for Beginners. We'll get you to 100 or your money back, won't we, Doug? <laughs> How are you, Dr. Doug Wilson? I'm, I'm, I'm very well, living here in Taupo. But oh, you're lucky. Uh, in, in, in the red zone at the moment, so it doesn't make too much difference to us. So hopefully things will settle down. You may be going orange soon. We may. Who knows? With a bit of luck. So, Doug, I've been, as usual, worrying, fretting, reading the Daily Mail uh, and listening to every everything I can about COVID. So can you tell me about Omicron and what I need to be worried about and what um, what hope there might be? Well, there's some certain... This is a new variant that's appeared from uh, South Africa. It's unique because it has associated with up to 30 mutations, whereas the other variants are often one, two, or possibly three, but 30 mutations, which means there's a lot of information that needs to be acquired from seeing what happens to patients, because we can't predict it all from what might be just the laboratory information and data. So the first thing we know about it, and this seems to be very, very clear, uh, it is very transmissible, significantly more so than Delta. So at the moment, the number of new cases in the UK, which is probably representative population here, is doubling every two to three days. So, so it's way more infectious, do you think? It's significantly more infectious. That's absolutely. And just to go back to those mutations, that, that's quite normal for a virus to mutate, isn't it? But is 30 quite a lot all at once? 30 is a lot. And I'll, I'll give you a reason why that might have occurred. Yes. So at the moment, with the, with the numbers doubling at that sort of rate, uh, this is way faster than Delta. And very clearly, it's likely to, uh, to capture the, the prime position in terms of the most common variant in many, many countries reasonably quickly. And so the, the first cases occurred in, um, they've got over, over 70 or 80 in the UK. They've got their first hospital case in New South Wales a couple of days ago, but they now have 50 cases. That's very, very rapid. So at least all those suggestions seem to suggest, well, at least it has one characteristic that we can define, namely become more infectious. There are some additional side examples of, of events that have occurred. Super spreader events, after which 35 to 78% of people tested positive, have been seen in Norway, Denmark, Spain, and the UK. So this is where a group of people get together and at the end of whatever is the meeting, and there's a whole variety of different sorts, over uh, up, you know, 35 to 78% of people test positive. So that's an incredibly fast take up. And, and these are events like a um, a party where a party. people were in close contact for a length of time. Party or a meeting. Yes. There is, there is an example here that I've given just below. It's a UK example. Um, there were 75 people. Uh, there, there was a, um, a party for 18 people, birthday party yeah. in Somerset. The age of the attendees was between 60 and 75. 
But of those 18, as they left the party, 14 were infected. All had been fully vaccinated. Wow. And the symptoms were mild, rather like an, a, a, a cold. So as you look at it, not only is it is infectious, it's very, very infectious. But at the mm. moment, we haven't got any much of the way of details of severe cases. The R value, which is the prediction of how many people may be infected as a, as a contact, the, the most recent R value for Delta in the South Africa is about 0.8. But Omicron sits at about 3 to 3.5. So that means up to three wow. people in contact with one are likely to become infected. So if there's one single thing you know about this mu variation on it, it's just really, really infectious, many very, very times more. So the, um, and I think... And Del Del Delta was more infectious than the first um, COVID-19 as well, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. And the most recent information from the from USA, because all the information is recent, because it only was originally identified in about the 10th or 11th of November, they say 80% of confirmed Omicron cases in the United States have been fully vaccinated. Mm. And 30% have also had their booster jabs. So these were cases which clinically are generally mild. And the first 43-odd cases in the, in the United States were mild with only one in hospital. Mm. So that, that's, that's a, a signal. And if we um, look a little further... Uh, in, in, in terms of, of, of uh, what, what, what we know, there were positive, taking positive cases with, 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 um, in, 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 a, in a city in South Africa called Shuani. These Omicron positive cases, of those who progressed to severe, which were 70% for ages 50 to 59, 90%. So, sorry, these are, these are the Delta figures to begin with. Sorry, I'm mm. getting, getting clear. So of the patients who were in, in, in hospital or under, under, uh, under treatment for the uh, uh, for, for Delta variant, 70% yeah. of those who progressed to severe after arriving in hospital, 70% progressed ages 50 to 69, 90% for those over the age of 80. Mm. But for Omicron, the progression of people admitted to hospital is around 30% from their figures. So that mm. seems to be optimistic because, in fact, to have uh, have over 90% progression too severe with Delta is one thing, but to get 30% only with the new Omicron seems to be a much more satisfactory outcome. And so, Doug, the, the first signs from South Africa were it's very mild, and I, I remember reading about the first GP who identified it, said that, and that... You know, because we're watching science change every day here, aren't we? It is so early, but but that's reflected in the US as well. So, how long until you can sort of say this is a trend? Or I think that the, the, the people seem to be reasonably comfortable that at least one conclusion you can draw is that it's more infectious. Yeah, and they're more likely to take over the uh, the, the, the the premier From position. Delta. Yes. The Delta. Which so, is a good thing if it is more mild. So it should be a good thing because if it yes. if in fact occupies um, people getting sick. However, it's the reinfection rate seems to be very high. So an, an awful lot of people of those who have first become diagnosed with the with, with the um, with the Omicron variant uh, mm. have had repeated 
clinical attacks, so their protection is not that not that good. Mm. So the at the moment, the information about the vaccines is a little unclear, but what we do know, and certainly for the Pfizer virus the vaccine that we have here, that um, the current two jabs are less effective than the response, say, to Delta or the previous variants. Mm. So they can, it, it can have reduction in, in efficacy benefit by 20 to 40-fold in terms of measured antibody responses. Mm. Uh, but they su- the suggestion is that probably the benefit should r- remain preventing people from getting severe infection, and that should be even more effectively uh, restored with jab number three. But the difficulty here is the progression to severe may in fact take some weeks. So we're still in early days and it may be that more and more may progress. But at the moment, we think it's around 30% from the South African data. Mm, mm. So some of the the measures to assess the sustainability of the protection or how good Mm. it is results on tests and antibodies um, in the test tube, whereas... It may be that the T-cell responses, which are the sort of partner to antibody responses, may be significantly more important and they're much more difficult to, to test. Mm. But, so, they, they, but that's good news as well, isn't it? That well, if you're getting a T-cell response, I remember you telling me that. That's right. Your, your T-cell responses actually have a very, very long memory uh, mm. and that becomes um, uh, a satisfactory issue, of course, when you're actually talking about it. Mm. So, um, at, at, at the, so at the, at the moment, there is there are various suggestions of why this is why this has appeared, and one of the increasingly common suggestions is that um, the HIV, which we thought about years ago, uh, in fact, of course, is still endemic uh, in in sub-Saharan Africa. So there are a few million people there who are HIV positive, but are able to have their clinical situation controlled by drugs, antivirus drugs. Um, So it may be that if individuals who have HIV, because it's lifelong after you've got the infection, their immunity is very inadequate and their T-cell responses are bashed down a great deal. So that may mean if they also get an infection with COVID-19, then under these circumstances, the virus can sit around under some sort of semi-protection because the host immunity is not able to knock it out. And mm. while it's doing that, it's, it gives it time to mutate far more than the original ones, which only one or two mutations, in the circumstances up to 30. So maybe that's a background. doesn't, in fact, change the outcome, but it may give an explanation of why, it, why it's so. And if that is so, there's enough people in sub-Saharan Africa for this to be an event that might be repeated. What about people who aren't vaccinated at all? What does Omicron do to them? Is it worse? There's, there's, there's not quite enough information there. There is a suggestion out of the United States from their CDC, their Communicable Disease Centre, that probably the un- unvaccinated are 10 times as likely to get the infection. Mm, mm. So at least there is some, some evidence that, the, that if you have a, a full vaccination, which used to be the two jabs, but now increasingly countries like the UK are saying, well, full vaccination means two jabs plus the booster. Mm, mm. And, of course, we have to face up to that. If it's taken us this length of time from February when the first one was given in New Zealand to get through to 90% 90 plus, um, 
with the, with the two jabs, the booster may take uh, is still another challenge. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, people will get on with it and do the right thing. Anyway, there's a lot of information to come out. A lot will come out in the next two or three weeks, which will tell us much more about things. Sure. So at the same time, Dave, we we're going to talk about modern treatments for... Um, yeah, because I'm very, very excited to um, read about Paxlovid in particular. But, um, yeah, so there's a lot going on there, isn't there? There is. So um, when, the infect, when you get infected, the mm. virus attacks and destroys the cells of the lungs... Uh, and the important thing there is that it decreases the sufficiency of absorbing oxygen, which is the role of the lungs, of course. Mm. So at the same time, the body's immune response to the virus can make the situation worse with a lot of anti-inflammatory um, material around the place, adding more sort of um, pressure on the, on the lining of the lungs. Uh, and so between the two, it's clearly well recognised that you've got two activities going on, the virus killing off the lung tissue and the body's immune response flirting away in the background, causing all sorts of mayhem as it tries to recover things. So in consequence of that, we know from, from the HIV world, where there is still no vaccine after 40 years, um, that the immune response can be made worse and that can be modified to some extent, but we also realise that there, it is possible to make um, antiviral drugs, which can, in fact, uh, are lethal to the virus itself. And that's been the situation in HIV. So we have antiviral drugs, which can, in fact, attack the virus itself. In HIV, we know, we know that. Mm. And there are anti-inflammatory drugs, drugs that can damp down the inflammation that is also trying to mess up the protection from the virus. So the anti-inflammatory drugs were... Detected particularly um, dexamethasone, a steroid drug, was detected uh, only after about uh, two or three months of the original epidemic. And as mm. a consequence of that, if people who go into hospital are given dexamethasone, it has a significant protective effect as it damps down that immune responses. Mm. At the same time, there are uh, some anti drugs used for the treatment of rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease to damp down their inflammation, which also are useful in this early stage of people getting sick with the, with, with the infection and damping down the inflammation. But until very recently, we've not had any drugs which attack, which attack the virus. Mm. So at the moment there are now, suddenly we had one, which was remdesivir, an expensive drug, which is given by an intravenous infusion. So it has to be given in a, in a hospital circumstance which has some modest protection against the, 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 the virus attacking cells, but it's a significant antiviral drug. But then in the course of two weeks, two new oral drugs appeared, um, molnupiravir, which is a drug from Merck, and Paxlovid, which is a drug from Pfizer. Now, these two uh, have given data which seems to be positive, and I'll tell you a bit about that positivity in a second. The, uh, both of them appear to be able to attack and kill the virus directly. So in effect, it is not the anti-inflammatory drugs, it's not the host response. It is in fact a direct attack on the, on the virus and knocking it back. So the first data came out from the Merck drug, Molupiravir, and 
This reduced the severity of the infection in hospital by 50%, and that is 50% progression of high-risk patients to more severe status or death. So patients have been identified which have the setup, the sensitivity, either by age or by, by co comorbidities, that they are likely to progress to more severe outcomes. And that group was given the, the drug and that reduced the severity by 50%, but unfortunately, a, it re reduced the progression by 50%. But unfortunately, recent data, which occurred after two or three weeks, suggests that protection is only 30%. Right. So in, in parallel with that, Paxlovid, the Pfizer drug, is a, has shown similar data. High risk of patients with severe infection can then reduce hospitalizations or death by 89%. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's a heck of a number, isn't it? It is. The treatment course is five days, and it could possibly be used at home, but you've got to get it early, and I'll come back to that in a so second. So this is where you're, you're sick with COVID, and you get a prescription, take one of these for five days, and it yep. knocks it back. Right. Now the question... 89% success rate in avoiding death or, or ending up in hospital. That's wonderful, isn't it? Or progressing. But the problem yeah. is, it's the, the studies have been done in the, uh, early on in the infection, three days yes. or five days of, 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 of symptoms, if you've got symptoms, um, and that's the dramatic outcome. But a number of people will present after five days because their infection was slow getting going. So that might exclude them. We haven't seen any data after five days. Uh, and that also means that you've got to have rapid testing. You can't sit around for 36 or 48 hours to let the current PCR test be oh, I see. transported. Yeah. Because by the time you've done that, you've used up your treatment uh, doorway that's there. Yeah. So this, this absolutely means that rapid testing will have to be ramped up in New Zealand. At the moment, we have, after long, silly delays, um, mm. where these tests have been commonly used all around the world, right across the United States, um, some mm. approved by FDA, and and the, the rapid testing, which takes 15 to 20 minutes, people will now do some testing at home. You can get your rapid testing kit from a pharmacy in the UK, mm. and in New Zealand, it was blocked, and it was blocked, and it was blocked for reasons that I cannot fan of at all no. and, and but and, and we, we now we now have rapid tests available they're not perfect but nonetheless um if you get a positive on the rapid test the false positives are unco very uncommon mm. so, oh i see so you're more likely yeah yeah to if, if, if you get a positive test on the rapid one you've yes, almost, yeah, yeah. almost certainly got it yeah yeah, yeah. so then, it. yeah it's sort of uh, good and safe in that way and you can test and they're fast turnaround so you can test frequently so if you're in that sort of because the hardest thing is often knowing whether you're actually sick you might just feel like you've got a scratchy throat or whatever and right. but if you can test then you can get your um paxlovid um prescription and you'll be away that's right um, and not so too I, late. Not too late. So I, I think yeah. that um, one would have to have your clinical sensitivity heightened by virtue mm. of the, the age of as an older patient, they're more likely to be someone who, if they have started symptoms, is likely to progress. And if mm. they have 
co-diseases like cancer or, 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 or diabetes, again, you'd put them in a high-risk category. So you would have uh, more sensitive waiting and watching for that and, and testing them. Uh, I'm, not too, I'm not sure to the extent to which the New Zealand Health Authority will support um, uh, widespread home testing because that's what's happening in some countries. Mm. Uh, but it does become essential because if we have this wonderful treatment, if you can get it in fast enough, we know quite a lot about the drug for, uh, from Pfizer. It's, it's, a, it's a protease inhibitor. Protease inhibitors are amongst the drugs that are now widely used in HIV. So we know all about their safety, their characteristics, and, and other, other features about them. So if that were so, this does become an essential ingredient in the treatment of, of patients if we get it, to, get it early enough. But it, and the government, the New Zealand government has already ordered these drugs, haven't they? So they're ready to yeah. go once they get yeah. approval. I'm not quite sure the extent to which access will be. Yeah. You know, some, some, some of the New Zealand hospitals have been trying to get in touch, get, get in contact and get a supply of these, these tests for mm. months and months and months. Mm, mm, yeah. So just as a clinician, you sit there, you've got a strong suspicion about a patient who's facing you in bed. Mm. You want to wait 48 hours or sometimes even longer to find mm. out whether the test is positive or negative. If you can get one in 15 minutes, it completely changes your clinical decision tree. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, frustrating, isn't it? So it's all going on, Dave. So It, it is, yeah. We will find out much more uh, about the condition. The reinfection thing worries me a bit because if you've got yourself, uh, if you've recovered and then three or four months later you get a, get a repeat infection, because that's what the um, that's what the the virus can do. That's less than satisfactory circumstance. Doug, um, is another way of thinking about this though um, to look at the parallels with the flu. Say I get flu and then I get flu again, that doesn't surprise me. I don't ever, I've never thought oh, I'm just going to get the flu once. So isn't that the same with COVID? It, 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 is, it is probably so. It's probably um, our, um, because we've been so on, on alert for it that we hadn't really thought that through, but it's not going to be like a once-off, is it? No, almost certainly not. I think this is increasingly looking towards the idea as you, as you having raised flu, that the, the influenza virus, of course, um, changes and mutates on an annual basis, which is why each year's uh, vaccination is different from the previous years. And mm. you've got to get, uh, that has to be identified early on before you can start a campaign to give that. So it might well be that is, that is almost certainly, it looks as though repeat vaccinations are going to have to be given so at the moment, we don't know how long it is because it may just be six months protection, but it might be a mm. year. And I, my assumption is the easiest way to think about it is we will be re-vaccinating re every year. The big question is for me, how, how long, say, say I start feeling unwell, what, how long a window have I got to get a drug like Paxlovid if, it, if indeed it was available? Now, it just you, you're saying three to five days. You know, three to five days from, from, from symptoms. And just mm. remember, uh, uh, many patients don't have symptoms. So if you take three to five days from symptoms, it takes, um, the, uh, it's, it's a little, little unclear what is the uh, development time for the virus, how long after your infection do, do symptoms get, get triggered. 
it can be three, four or five days from, from a variant like Delta. It's not clear from the uh, Omicron. But at the same time, that will all become apparent as more and more critical information comes together in the course of the next couple of weeks. We'll know a hell of a lot better. So there's a lot of guessing going on. But apart from the fact that this is very, very highly infectious, it has other characteristics, which means that it can escape to some extent our, our present uh, vaccination background. All that is what we do know. There's a lot of other stuff to come under the bridge. To can, you, um, yeah. can you tune the vaccine? So as it, as it mutates, you just change the formula of the vaccine Correct. each time, Correct. as they do for the flu. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's different from the flu. The, the flu is a more complicated vaccine to make, although people are now trying to make RNA versions of versions, it. Yeah. But with this one, you, you, you'll change the structure of the RNA and have that attuned specifically for um, for, 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 for Omicron uh, yeah. version of, of the virus. And at that stage, that should be good. Can you think of a virus that gets worse as it mutates? Because isn't the idea that viruses start out very nasty because they want to spread as fast as possible and then they sort of reach a point where they've done their job and they can just exist? They don't want to kill their hosts. They just want to keep on replicating? Well, I think that if, if, if you think of one of the more dangerous viruses, measles is one. Yes. And if, if you don't treat measles, we've seen the circumstance that happens in the... Um, oh, yeah, it's super uh, nasty, isn't it? And super infectious. Super, super infectious. So they had 80, 83 deaths uh, and of, of the little little kids. And, oh, and, and some are, yeah. And in contrast to that, of course, the, um, the risk of the infection is lifelong and the response to the vaccination is also lifelong. So if the kid gets vaccinated early on, they're, they're protected for life, which makes it different from a, a lot, lot of others. Mm, mm. So, yeah, and with COVID, it's just going to be keep on vaccinating. So have you, you had your booster yet, Doug? I have it on. I have it this week. I hit my six months on Friday. We're going to have the, the booster on Friday. Mm, mm. I think it's mandatory to have it when you see these new data. So there's, yes. there's you know, for, for, we don't know the extent of the protection from the, the, the new triple vaccine family, um, other than it seems as though the initial infection may be milder and it's, mm. there is suspicions that protection from severe infection or death is still likely to exist as a byproduct of the original vaccination. But there are no hard details on that yet. No. And I saw in the UK that, you know, the, the booster campaign's massive, isn't it? So countries like that are just saying we just have to do it. So yeah, they've got up to six million already. The, 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 wow. The, yeah. The, yeah. It's, you know, for all those years working on AIDS drugs or HIV drugs, you, you're seeing some similarities? We do, we do it in, in terms of the fact that every, every uh, pandemic is different. Mm. I think the big issue with, with with HIV is that when you were infected with HIV, um, there was no treatment and mm. people went on, slowly decayed, got a series of nasty infections to which the, uh, the, the virus had so adjusted the body's immune system and people died. Mm. Uh, and then the treatment where there was no yet, yet no vaccine because the body's immune system is knocked out of shape by the, by the virus itself. Um, 
That means that all the treatment for HIV is antiviral drugs, like mm. Paxlovid sort of uh, lookalikes. Yeah. But you can't just give one of them because, in fact, resistance can occur rapidly. And that would also be a, maybe a feature of the, of the uh, our present antiviral drugs, although in HIV the treatment is lifelong, usually a cocktail of three or four drugs. Yes. And the more modern, modern inter intervention now has drugs that could be given by injection once every two months. So that works well. And people are living reasonably normal lives with the treatment if they take it. But, of mm. course, in many parts of, of sub-Saharan Africa, the, uh, the vaccine rates are low and uh, the follow-up is often quite limited. Um, and so mm. it's, it's uh, in some ways it was significantly worse to deal with because mm. you didn't have an easy handle on, on, on treatment, you didn't have an easy handle on response to treatment, first of all. Some of the new original drugs had no had nasty side effects. That is not the situation with Paxlovid, which certainly seems to be a place. It'll, it'll find a role, but it does, in fact, ch clinically changes the whole of the um, management of this of this condition. Mm. So 20, it's 23 months <laughs> since we started on this. And so overall, how are you feeling, Doug? I think it's dramatic because, in fact, um, if we didn't have the vaccine, then mm. we would be having more and more patients dying, landing in hospital. There's just no question that the dramatic development of the vaccines against um, against the, the 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 virus has been so dramatic and so effective. So we are fortunate that we've got to this stage and have got a treatment that works. We've got a treatment mm. spread around the world. Of course, we've been saying, and the WHO have been saying, to reduce the risks all around the world, we need to get everybody vaccinated. But the question then is, if the vaccination with our present vaccines is is only minimally protected against the um, the, the Omicron variant, then in fact, the um, pattern for what we do for in other, other countries will have to be sorted out because it might not be the optimal way to do it is to use what we have rather than something that is specifically developed. And will that happen again? And if it comes from people who are HIV uh, infected, is that going to be re repeat the exercise? So there's open questions in the long term, in the medium term, and a host of questions in the next two or three weeks. Mm. Oh, well, yeah. Well, you've, as usual, you've given me hope. You've explained it really well. And, uh, yeah, and it's just... Uh, next three weeks will be really important. So I want to thank you very much, Doug. And I'll um, wish you well with that booster shot. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, I understand you had a headache as a consequence of that. I, I, have... I, I had mine and I got a headache. But, um, yeah, it might have just been a headache anyway. Um, but I flew through the other two. Yeah, for sure. We, 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 we did as well. Yeah. The, the important thing for groups such as Ryman is the um, – Wonderful flexibility and professionalism of the um, the staff looking after residents. Mm. So, yeah, we can spin up our vaccination program really fast, and and I think you know, since everyone's had two, they know the they know the drill, so it yes. might be a bit faster. I would I would think it would be, and yeah, people... and I think the pharmacy industry are just so slick at it too. The pharmacists, uh, they're, they're very good at it. Why on earth they didn't start weren't allowed to start early on? I have no idea. Same with no. the no, no. Hey, well, thank you, Doug, and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you.
Thanks, Dave. See ya.